What a blessing to be able to do this this morning in this great place. And I thank God for the the people that came out early when it was even colder than it is now uh, to set things up and to get it going. And uh, one of the the setup crew was asked um, if your wife's coming today, and he said, Princess, don't do cold. And um, I don't do cold that well either. But I am really, really thankful to be here. And, I'm, and, and as we already mentioned, we're very thankful uh, for the people that are joining us um, also um, on the online stream. Um, that we can be together as, as a congregation in, in these various ways. But uh, this is a, just such a great day to be able to, in spite of the chilliness, I see blankets and winter clo- coats and all those kind of things. It's just a, such a great blessing uh, to be in, in this place um, together like this. Next Sunday... Uh, Lord willing, we'll be meeting back in the, uh, in the sanctuary and in the portico and online. And so uh, keep that in mind. And if you haven't uh, registered for that yet, uh, please do so. Sign up so that we can have the seating arranged properly uh, for the right kind of distancing and those kind of things. Uh, but uh, again, such a blessing to be together. And I invite you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2 this morning. As I mentioned uh, election upcoming election day and current election season i guess as we call it would call it now um, is underway thought it'd be good for us this morning to be thankful and to recognize what a what a blessing it is uh, to live in the united states and to have the the privilege of of elections and of voting Um, we get a a picture of the the wonder of it um, by looking at paul's prayer request to Timothy, and in fact, it was more than just a prayer request to Timothy personally. It's Paul's prayer request that Timothy would use as he leads the, the church. In this case, Timothy was probably leading the church in Ephesus when this letter was written. That Timothy would, would share um, this prayer request with that church and that this would be a regular part uh, of their worship of God in prayer. And, that's, and, and we want to see that this morning in 1 Timothy chapter 2, starting with verse 1. Paul says this to Timothy and also to all of us um, through the the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. Now that's a big statement. That includes a lot of people and a lot of kinds of prayers, which is one of the reasons that we have so many different kinds of prayers and why we pray for so many different people as a church. But then he gets specific in verse 2. For kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in its proper time. Praise God. What a great statement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What a great statement of the good news. That God wants everybody to be saved, so he sent his son, the perfect lamb of God, to come into this world, to live a perfect life, so that he could die on the cross, 
so that he could rise again, victorious over death, that he could offer life to every single person who believes and serve as our mediator between us and God. In fact, being the very one who makes us friends of God. As we're singing that great song this morning about being friends of God, for some people that might sound presumptuous, that we, us, you know, people like us, and take a, take a moment and look around real quick. You're, we're really spread out, which is, which is necessary, but, but look around. I know that breaks all the rules of etiquette. Look around. God made us his friends through Jesus Christ. Us! And everybody else in this world who will believe in his son, Jesus. And Jesus serves as our mediator. He's the one that makes this relationship with God possible. And that is so amazing. And in this particular passage, the point that he's really making here isn't this wonderful statement about Jesus being our mediator. Paul gets carried away often in his writing. As, he, as he's talking about one thing, he always has to bring it back to the gospel. I've been noticing that in our men's Bible study as, we're been, as we've been studying on Thursday mornings, Ephesians chapter 5, a, a passage on marriage. Well, he spends more time in the, passage on, in the passage on marriage talking about our relationship with Christ than he does about marriage. Because our lives are built and based on the gospel. And so every aspect of our lives are built and based on the gospel. And so as he's talking about government, that's what he's, that's what he's asking Timothy to be praying about. He wants the churches to be praying for the governments. And the reason he wants us to pray for the governments is so that we can continue spreading the, new, the good news of Jesus Christ. So that we can live our lives for him, doing what we're doing this morning. Live our lives in holiness and godliness and quietness. We get to do that in the United States. I think that the United States is one of the many answers to this prayer that's been prayed by hundreds of thousands, even millions of believers in obedience to God's command here. People have been praying this prayer for countries, for generations, for centuries, for millennia. And we are, are living in the answer, in one of the answers to this prayer. And in our case, we fit into the category where it says, for kings and all those in authority. Paul still didn't have in his mind, he didn't even have an, have an understanding of even the possibility of, of a, of a government like the United States of America. One didn't exist like this when he, when he made this prayer request. But when he puts that phrase in, and all those in authority, that includes all of those governments that don't have kings. Which is what ours is. And so, as I was standing in line with Sherry this week um, to vote, we were, we were very close to a, a couple that were speaking Russian to each other. I don't know which, which country they were originally from. But they were voting in the United States for the first time. And the polling person that Sherry um, was working with to, to do her voting told Sherry, 
a little bit of their story and how excited they were to be voting in the United States for the first time. And I want to tell you, that fired me up. To think of this privilege that we have. Not only do we pray for our country, we also get to vote for the leaders and those who are going to be in authority over us. It's an amazing thing. And look at what he's he's asking us to pray about. Why it's important that we pray for rulers, for, for those who lead us. Because he put countries together to be an orderly place to live so that people could worship him. That's, that's, his, that's his design for every single country. And praise God that we live in a country where that is honored. The, the people who founded our country, they were of, of a variety of different denominations within the Christian faith. And some of them were on the kind of outskirts of that, of that Christian faith, but still had a, had a firm belief in, in the Creator. And they built into our government, into our Constitution, into our Bill of Rights, the privilege to do exactly what we're doing here this morning. Without ha- you know there are places in this world that where they, they couldn't even dream of doing what we're doing today outside under these beautiful trees. Couldn't even think about doing it. You, and, and you might not be arrested for doing it, but I'd be taken off to jail right now for doing this. And I praise God that we can do this. And he didn't mention this. And we get to vote for the leaders that we think will allow us to continue doing this. That's important. As we, as we think about this upcoming election, make sure that that's, that that's one of the driving forces of your vote. That the people that you vote for would honor our Constitution in such a way that they would protect the rights that we have to worship God. To, to spread the news of Jesus Christ and to pray and to, and to, and to own the scripture and to publish it and to, and to distribute it and to share it and to have conversations with others about the gospel of Jesus Christ. We, we have to understand how important that is to God. That's why, why he inspired Paul to write this prayer request. Because he knows that is what government is for. That's why he put it together to protect us in doing these things. And so as you go to the polls, and let me encourage you, go to the polls. Use this privilege that we're given. Now the command here is to pray, and so we're not going to forget to pray. But I think that that going to the polls, that voting, using this this great privilege of, of voting fits right under praying for that. Because we can. We have the, the honor. We have the freedom to do it. And so use it. And consider those candidates on local and, and on, national, on the national level who honor the Constitution 
and the rights that it, that it provides for us, especially the, this right to worship God freely and to share his, his good news. Vote that way. As, a, as part of the answer to the prayers that so many have been praying over the years. Not only, the, you know, obviously the United States being an answer to this prayer wasn't even part of the prayer. They didn't even know who they were praying for, many of them, when they were praying this prayer. They didn't know that this country was going to be founded and, 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 and be like it is. Just like we don't know how our prayers are going to be answered in the future for other countries who don't have these privileges. And remember, this, this command is given in the plural. For kings and all those in authority. He's not just talking about one country. He wants us praying for kings and, and those in authority in all countries. Pray for, pray for our brothers and sisters up north of the border. Who in some places aren't allowed to share the gospel of Christ with children. I remember the last, we, we weren't able to, to, to partner with uh, the Renaissance Bible Church um, up in, uh, in Quebec this, this particular summer w- with a trip like we have for, for many years. But the last few times, the children that come to the camp have to have permission slips signed and all these kind of things to permit them to listen to what the, the teachers of the camp are going to be talking to them about. They can't just start a conversation with a young person and talk to them about Jesus Christ. It's against the law. It's like that, that kind of thing is going on all around the world. And so we need to pray for countries all around the world that this command of prayer would be followed by Christians all over the place and that God would be at work in the governments of countries like he's been, in the, been at work in our country. And then, after we pray, we need to take advantage of that opportunity to vote. I want us to turn to Romans chapter 13 for one moment before we close. One more thing to keep in mind. These are God's priorities in government. They're things that are mentioned directly in in God's word. And they give us some great instruction in in how to use our votes. Romans chapter 13 talks about God's ordination of of the leaders and the rulers of the countries around the world. And look what he says in 13 verse 1, Romans 13, 1. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except for that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the, the authority is rebelling against that, what God has in, instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers, and this gives you an indication of the kind of governments that God ordains, okay? For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath, to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. 
Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. That is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Here we see that God ordains government and governments to protect the people of that country. We need to vote for people who believe that it's the government's responsibility to protect the people of the United States. This, this election, there's been a lot of talk about that. And there should be a lot of talk about it because there are pl- many cities in our, in our country that are not protecting the people of their cities. And you see what's happening in those cities. Anarchy and chaos and violence. God puts governments together to protect people, to keep those kinds of things from happening. We need to remember that. All of us deserve to be protected. And it's the role of the government to do that under God. So vote for those who will who have pledged themselves to protect us. And don't forget about the most unprotected people in our country. Every time we vote, we need to remember those unprotected, unborn people. Every time. We must vote for people who will protect those lives. And understand this. Your votes matter on that issue. The abortion rate has been going down since laws are being instituted to protect those babies. Now there's still a lot of children being killed. Because we haven't, we haven't corrected our laws enough yet. Vote for people who will, who will enact those laws to protect those unprotected babies. We've got to do that. We've got to use our freedom to vote, our privilege to vote, to use it to help our government be the kind of government that God wants us to have. We get to pray. We can pray even if it's against the law, because we can pray silently. We can pray in a closet. We can pray by ourselves. But we not only get to pray, we also get to line up and wait for 50 minutes or an hour and 50 minutes, or five hours, or whatever the case might be, we get to line up, and we get to vote. Use that vote to honor God. You know what his word says. It's not a secret. The government is supposed to protect our right to worship and to serve God. It's also supposed to protect our safety. Let's vote for people who will pledge themselves to do that. And no government is perfect. And no government official is perfect. And none of them will ever do it perfectly. But let's vote for those who will try. 
Let's honor God as we take advantage of the responsibility and privilege that we have to vote. Oh, remember, voting always follows prayer. The command is to pray. The command is is to submit. But we get to vote. So let's use it. And let's honor God with that vote. This morning, I'll remind you of someone that I mentioned in the newsletter this week. Andy Merritt was the pastor of Edgewood Baptist Church um, in Columbus, Georgia, since 1977. And last Sunday morning, he passed away um, from uh, COVID-19. And so their, their, their church in Columbus is, is worshiping today for the first time in a long time since 1977 um, without Andy Merritt being their pastor. And Julie, uh, um, as she t- told the story about his, his passing, also shared of how loved he was uh, and is in that congregation. But one of the, one of the legacies that Andy left behind was back in the late 70s, before before any other church in the country did this, he led Edgewood Baptist Church to start a crisis pregnancy center. First church in the country ever to do that. And since that time in the late 70s, they have ministered to over 50,000 women who decided to give birth to their babies instead of abort. One church had that kind of influence. 50,000. And that church and an organization that they, that they helped start helped 500 other churches start crisis pregnancy centers. Who knows how many babies were born instead of aborted because of that. But I was inspired last Sunday when I heard that story. When I, when I read that story later. About that man, about that church. About our church. As we support the coming care center. The coming, coming women's center. Also referred to as Whispering Hope. As we pray for and support Abort 73, that organization that that helps um, fight against this crime that we're committing legally in the United States every day. As we support Georgia Right to Life. I praise God that we live in a country that even though we disagree with what, we're, with what we as a country are doing, we can still fight against it through our voting, through our praying, through our actions. And so let me encourage you this morning. In, in, uh, in honor of a, of a great, great guy in the church, Andy Merritt, let's, let's take this opportunity that we have the lives that we have, 
the prayers that we pray, the votes that we cast, the hours that we have to volunteer. Let's be people who are committed to honoring God and his word in the, in the country, under the government that we have, and to, and to glorify him as we live here in the United States of America. And remember, the whole point of all of it, as Paul got carried away in 1 Timothy 2, the whole point of all of it is so that people can be saved. So that people can come to understand and believe in Jesus Christ, the one and only Son of God, the one and only mediator who stands between man and God. Jesus, the Son of God. So that people can be saved. Let's be a part of God's great work of seeing people become friends of God by using the rights and privileges that we have as citizens of the United States of America, remembering that we're only here because God has answered this prayer. We didn't do this. God did this. Oh, he used us. He used people. He used some of our forefathers and all those kinds of things. But God did this. And so let's honor him with this in every way. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we lift up our brothers and sisters at Edgewood this morning. Julie and her, par- and her parents and family are the only ones that we know there. But we thank you for them, and we thank you for Andy Merritt and his family. And we pray for his wife and his 10 children and, and their wives and husbands and his 25 grandchildren and their whole church as they commit themselves today to carry on the work that you used him to lead for all these years. Be gracious to them, Father. Lead them well to, to, to bring the next pastor uh, into that church and, and help that pastor to lead them well and to stay committed to your word and to life. Father, we pray that you would use us in many of the same ways that you used Andy. That we would be promoters of life through our praying, through our voting, through our sharing of our stories and the story of Jesus with others. As we we promote life in our conversations, in our lifestyles, in our giving, in our volunteering. We thank you for the partnerships that we have with Abort 73 and Whispering Hope and Coming Women's Center. We pray your blessing on those who lead those organizations and those who volunteer there and and, and those who are being ministered to every day by those faithful servants. And we thank you for the lives that have been saved through them. And we pray for more.
And we pray that many Christians around our country would understand the importance of this election for life and for worship and for protection. And we again thank you for the privilege of voting, but more than that, we thank you for the privilege of being your friends through Jesus Christ. And we pray for any who are here in any of the formats that we're, that we're together today, that you would work in any of their lives who have not yet become your friend. Help them understand that they can only be your friend by believing in your son Jesus because he is their provision for the forgiveness of sins. He is their provision for the gift of eternal life. Help them know there's no other way to you except through him. Not praying, not volunteering, not voting, not giving, not attending church, not being a good person, only believing in your son, Jesus. And so work in their lives, draw them to faith, give them the courage and the faith today. Before they do anything else, help them to surrender their will to you and agree with your word that your son, Jesus, is the only one who can save them, the only one who can forgive them, the only one who can give them eternal life. Father, be glorified in your church today. Be glorified in this church today. In Jesus' name, amen.